Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. All right, welcome to the Side Action, Episode 7 of Season 4. I am Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Weggs Pool on Twitter and Instagram. And this is Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at Side Action Pod on Twitter. So, Action, we'll talk about our rough week uh, later. Uh, push that off as long as possible. But did you have a nice weekend outside of our picks? Yeah, it was a nice weekend. We uh, just hung around the neighborhood a little bit and checked out some of the local bars and restaurants. And then Sunday was pretty much 9.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. on the couch watching football. So mm-hmm. that was enjoyable, too. The weather has been super nice here. I think you guys have probably had the same in Chicago. So it's yeah. been a mild start to the fall, which has been great. How about you? Well, as I kind of cataloged, I had a coworker friend that came into town last weekend and had just an epic weekend. I mean, Friday night was, I went back to my old high school to watch, you know, the old football team for a little bit. Uh, they blew a 10 point lead in four minutes, by the way. Huh. Uh, <laughs> but um, that was a good luck turn. And then Saturday was just this epic thing. We just went, we went, they had the big volleyball tournament uh, down in Hollywood, kind of the end of year tournament. I wasn't in it because of the whole flag football saga, which, like I said, mentioned the Shockers no, no more. But, um, but yeah, I took my buddy Jonathan down there, and we uh, he met everybody. There was kind of some people dressed in costumes. It was just kind of festive, beautiful day. Got a couple drinks there for a couple hours, and then we hit uh, Four Shadows, which, you know, is our it's a official bar of the podcast here. But I've never been there for an Iowa game, and it was insane. Bro. Oh, my God. I have never been in that place where it's so crowded. Now, obviously, Four Shadows has those they have new kind of brass folder doors now. Uh, for the instead of regular windows, so it was earlier on the one end. Uh, but there was probably, I'm sure they were at capacity. I'm not trying to rob the business, but it, it felt 150 people there. I'm not sure. One below capacity, right? Yeah, right. And we ended up getting to the bar, luckily, just kind of because a couple felt like they couldn't handle the, the COVID situation. So we're like, sure, we'll take your spots. The highlight, besides, you know, if you watch the game action, Penn State was kind of waxing them actually until the spring quarterback got hurt and then Iowa came back to win the game. They did not cover my mini in game parlay. You know, the three-point spread and the um, – or it was two-and-a-half and the under. So I didn't get the under. It should have been the over. Uh, but they did come back to win the game. But at halftime, Rob and, and Matt, they give they do giveaways, you know, shirts and hats and everything. And their little thing is to get Iowa shit, you got to be wearing Iowa shit, which I didn't have it. So I, ha- I gave away my raffle ticket. But the highlight was they give out these dog bowls, okay? And apparently <laughs> you get the dog bowl – you can get Coors Light for free out of the dog bowl. You just got to drink out of it. Out of the dog. So that was kind of a thing. And they've got kind of these new screens now behind the bar where you can see like images of people drinking in the dog bowl or Iowa to stop. So they're really kicking ass over there. It was, it was fun. And then we did a bar crawl at night wow. with the volleyball crew. One of the guys had a party and we hit a couple bars in Andersonville, my local neighborhood. And, that was fun. So imagine me at 2 a.m. Uh, drinking for 14 to 16 hours straight. I mean, at 4 a.m., my, my liver was angry with me. Uh, but we got up on Sunday and, and cheered on one of my friends who ran the Chicago Marathon. And then I finished up by watching the Bears win against the Raiders at 
Dragon MJs on their beautiful deck, which they have a cool, you should get this action for your deck. They got this cool thing where this TV, it's like a console that's weatherproof, and then it kind of, kind of, you can lift it up, and then there's a TV in it, wow. and then it can be dropped down, so it's this kind of cool thing they found in California, really cool piece of uh, furniture for them, and we were just sitting on the deck on a beautiful day watching the Bears game. So. Nice. You miss the Jets you know, game, I take it, early in the morning on Sunday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't watch it. Um, I know we were mad. We were texting about it, but yeah, so I missed that one. But I watched it, and I, I kind of stayed up for the Sunday night game. I was tired, um, but obviously that was a kind of a beatdown, actually. So, well, let's jump into it. I know it's a lot of social life talk there. Sorry, America, but here I'm doing. I'm sure um, we've got uh, the recap of week uh, week four for the NFL. Kind of a flip this week action. I mean, the underdogs against the spread kind of got beaten down. I mean, they, they've been dominating. It flipped, in my view, was six and six, nine and one, according to my numbers. Now the road dogs did pretty well at four and four, but and then the unders. You know, we've been talking unders for weeks, and now it flipped over. So six and ten uh, with the unders this week. So the the overs hit big time, but still road teams are still right in the mix. You know, they were eight, seven and one, you know, against the spread this week. So we'll talk about that a little bit going forward here. But any uh, thoughts to to what happened? It was big favorite week. Yeah, I mean, uh, we knew that it was going to bounce back at some point and come back to the mean, and the favorites definitely performed well. And the the scoring was a little bit surprising to me, especially in that Chargers and Browns game. I think oh. you and I both thought that the defenses would perform better than they did, and uh, that one got upwards of 90 points in the game. So that was surprising, and uh, you know, I don't really know what to make of the scoring. I think now that we're getting into the meat of the schedule, a lot of division matchups, you'll see that the totals are a little bit lower, and maybe that's where you see a little bit of more over money or uh, over winners coming in because they're just going over lower numbers. Right. I wonder too, and I know that these do adjust to action, but. There seem to be a lot of injuries out there. I know that the Cleveland game, I wasn't aware that they had so many injuries on the defensive secondary, which they couldn't stop them. Um, but it seems like maybe I'm kind of totally hypothesizing here. But, you know, there are a lot of injuries, but maybe people, because of the longer season, they're kind of taking more precautions, holding people out a little bit more readily than they would before. Uh, it just seems like there's way more injuries. I mean, at this stage, which, of course, they always happen in the NFL, but... It's affecting defenses. Yeah, you could be right about that. And like you said, they're holding them out. Um, and maybe, especially teams that are in the playoff hunt, they figure it's a longer season. We'll, we can use these guys at the end of the year. Right. I did note, just kind of tracking this again, four of the 16 games did have the spread matter. We had four winners that didn't cover the spread. It's a little more than, than we had. Maybe that'll be a trend we'll see. I was kind of noting that still for the season, it's very low. You know, maybe just pick pick the winner, right? But um, it did kind of hurt. There were a couple, you know, for Survivor, we talked a little bit about Survivor last week. All these teams, Minnesota, New England, and Baltimore, I had the ultimate sweat with Baltimore. You know, these teams probably should have lost, uh, but did end up winning. But ergo didn't cover the spread, right? Uh, that was kind of wild. I know Green Bay, I think the closing spread might have been two and a half, but, you know, we had three in the contest, right? So Yeah, that's right. Well, let's talk about the highs and lows. We've got um, highs. You know, I'm just talking about, you know, Dallas. You know, these 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 guys are 5-0 and against the spread, and we've been dogging Mike McCarthy for two years. 
but his team is playing really well. Now, obviously, they knocked out Daniel Jones. That really helped them because the game was closer, but Dallas is humming along. Yeah, I mean, their offense was awesome. Again, the running game has been super strong behind Elliott and Tony Pollard, and uh, Dak is obviously up to his normal self. So, I mean, they've been impressive, but I still kind of question their strength of schedule outside of Tampa Bay and the Chargers. Really, the other three wins have been less than impressive opponents. Right. Well, we'll see when they go to New England this week. I put the Bears on here originally because, you know, obviously I watched the game and the 143 yards rushing and all that, but they did win 20 to 9. But now this is the, the note for everybody. Obviously, Gruden is out. Everybody knows by now. John Gruden with his emails and his his potty mouth and his bad attitude uh, has he resigned uh, with the Raiders. So maybe that was a big distraction, which we can talk about later with the handicap in the Bronco game. But you know, when I was watching the game, I was a little surprised that the Raiders were so out of sync and dropping balls and the Bears just ran down their throats all game. So it's still a high for the Bears. They played great, but maybe there was an explanation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even without David Montgomery, it should be added. They ran all over the Raiders. I don't know if that's more of an indictment on the Raiders' run defense than anything else. I mean, um, uh, Fields, again, didn't really have like a big major stat line or anything. It sounds like, or I mean, it appears that he's becoming more of a game manager, which is probably the right thing to do at this point in his career. And Nagy's not calling the plays anymore, too. So you're seeing a little bit of a different strategy from that side of the ball. Yeah, Lazer's calling good plays, and at least if the games were tight, you know, they got a shot. That's kind of the idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of mentioned the Chargers game, the Browns-Chargers game, which was an incredible game. But we came out on the wrong side here. I don't know if we really were. I mean, it was just such an epic game. Somebody had to win it. Uh, Herbert has been incredible. I mean, 398 yards passing this week, four touchdown passes. I think I've heard he hasn't thrown an interception in three games, if that's correct. Uh, and he also ran for a touchdown, final score 47-42 in, I don't know if it's be the best game of the year, but man, that was that was entertaining. Yeah, it was an awesome game. And the Chargers, again, magnificent on third and fourth down, 100% three out of three on fourth down conversions, which ultimately swayed the tide in this one. And I mean, I got to give Staley credit for making these gutsy calls. He does it week in and week out. And so far, they have come up aces for him every time. And I'm just not so sure that it's going to continue. The The percentage is incredible. I have it in my notes. We can talk about it later. But uh, Herbert, is there's nothing more that you that you can say about him. I mean, he is playing as well or better than Patrick Mahomes right now in that division. And that's impressive. Yeah, I, you'll talk about it maybe later. But, yeah, fourth and four uh, with 10 minutes going in the third quarter, down 27 to 13 at your own 24-yard line. I mean, the guy's got golden brass brass cojones here. I mean, I give him a lot of credit that he's hitting it, but to your point, it's almost like Frank Reich when he's, you know, pushing it a little bit too far. We'll see if that backfires. But I guess, you know, he has a really good sense. One of the things I heard discussed on VSIN was that uh, Staley has a really good sense of when his defense can't stop anybody, and that's kind of the idea. Let's go to for fourth down because we know we can't stop them. And in that game, it, it was kind of like that where – on the other side, you know, the Browns got conservative with the one-point lead late and, you know, did end up punting in their in their situation. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see. It's it's exciting. Yeah, I mean, they did. the Browns did run for 230 rushing yards against that Chargers defense, so they were cutting them up. I really, yeah, I mean, that was a tough one to lose for us, definitely. It was. 
Uh, still another high is Josh Allen and the Bills. I mean, they it was a coming out party. I, I knew that they probably were going to come back and play better. Didn't think they were going to destroy the Chiefs in Kansas City, who now has lost two at home. Uh, boy, 315 yards passing for Josh Allen, 59 yards rushing, four total TDs. He's definitely back in the MVP conversation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think he's a favorite now, like three plus 350 or $4 I saw when I was looking last. And uh, they definitely put a statement up on Kansas City. Even after the long hour, 20-minute delay around halftime, right. I expected that would be a really bad scenario for the Bills, having to wait that long to get back into the field of play. But they opened the second half with that pick six, and it was curtains after that. Right. The last high is Lamar Jackson. I mean, this is the other guy who is playing at an incredible level. I mean, give him a lot of credit. I really like Jackson because he's a competitor. He doesn't care how he does it, running, passing, whatever. He had four total TDs. I'm sorry, he had – I don't know if that's all right. We're reading the wrong line. 86% completion, 400 passing yards. I mean, the dude was just on fire. And now, granted, costly fumble at the one, and, you know, that one should have been a touchdown for – <laughs> you know, because I, it should have been called back, right? It wasn't an illegal forward pass, actually. Uh, but anyway, he, he made, made it happen. He obviously saved my bacon with my survivor pick. Yeah, tough loss for my Colts, but Jackson was incredible. It really, all, all of that came in the second half, too. The Colts' mm-hmm. defense were playing really well in the first half, and it appeared they just kind of ran out of gas. But that completion percentage is off the charts we talked about Lamar last week and I told you about my futures bet for the Ravens but I've got a new one today and and I will give credit to Mitch Moss because I heard him say it this week but Jackson was 100 and still is 100 to 1 to lead the league in passing yards this season and right now he's only about 280 yards behind the leader Tom Brady so I think there's an outside chance with him throwing the ball more frequently teams loading up to stop the run that he is going to continue this tear in the air. He's going to have to do it again this week unless they just, yep. well, although the Chargers aren't good against the run, but we'll see how that goes against the Chargers. That'll be a big matchup. So here are the lows, the Dolphins' pass defense. Now, granted, Brady's been playing great, but, man, their defense is just, I don't know what happened to this team. They've fallen off the map. They give up 452 yards to Brady, five TDs. They got destroyed 45-17. I mean, we probably knew the Bucks were going to win, maybe even cover, but – the Dolphins have just fallen off the map, dude. Yeah, I got talked into myself taking Miami plus 10, and that didn't go very well. They're, uh, they just can't do anything on offense. They were in the game in the first half until late in the second quarter, but uh, Antonio Brown and Godwin and Mike Evans were just mossing them left and right, and uh, that was an ugly outcome for them. Right. I know this is kind of a recurring theme in our, our podcast is the Washington defense, which we were big on early in the preseason. This past defense is just completely garbage. I mean, I just – Jameis Winston doesn't throw against anybody, and he had almost 300 yards, including a Hail Mary at the end of the half. He had four touchdown passes. Uh, Washington football team is just not getting it done. I mean, I, I can blame those emails for all that, but um, my goodness. Yeah, it seems like uh... – there is some turmoil going on in the organization. It's hard to know if that's impacting the players on the field at all, but um, you saw the news that they're going to be retiring Sean Taylor's jersey this Sunday, and lots of folks in the media are speculating that it's kind of a ruse just to distract the media from what's really going on. They're shitting the team all week. Um, absolutely. 
I've got Mason Crosby missing not one, not two, but three field goals and a PAT in this game. And we were watching this game because that's the one that was played here in Chicago before the Bears game. And, you know, we were on the Bengals, which I felt pretty good about because I was only pushing on the weekend. But Crosby, I mean, it was hilarious. I mean, he kept missing over and over again. Now, to Cincinnati also missed a critical field goal, too. When the guy thought he made it, he just mm-hmm. the end of that game. Yeah. <laughs> it was in the overtime. He thought he made it. He's jumping up and down. They're like, nope, wide left. Um, but, dang, Mason Crosby might have the yips again. Yeah, that was incredible. I think I was – when they got in position to kick the game-winning field goal down at the end of the fourth quarter, I – I was like, what are the odds that he's going to miss again? Sure enough, he did. Gave us a chance in overtime, but we still couldn't get to the window after the Cincinnati Bengals missed a long field goal. So I kind of questioned that decision, though, to take the long field goal from Zach Taylor. Their offense was humming along, and they should have pressed towards the end zone there. Right. The last one is Zach Wilson, who cost us another pick. He was really not good. Uh, 19-32 against the horrible Atlanta defense. And then down the stretch, we had a chance to get in the back door, and he makes this horrible, horrible play. I, I don't know what – sometimes those rookies, they just got to make a better decision. Yeah, yeah, the big sack. Is that what you're referring to? <laughs> yeah, it was like a 25-yard yeah. stack or something. I don't know what he's doing, running backwards. Yeah, I really thought that after the big game against Tennessee that he would turn the corner against another crappy pass defense in Atlanta, but that didn't happen. And – uh on the other side, though, I was impressed by Kyle Pitts. Finally, it, it only took Ridley and uh, Gage not making the trip to him to actually throw the ball to Kyle Pitts. But he was awesome for the Falcons. He was dominant. Hopefully that continues going forward. We've got some injuries to report here. Russell Wilson's the big one. Uh, we didn't talk about it last week. I guess we were on, on air. He hurts his finger, but it's a major injury. They had to do it with total surgery. and He's out four to eight weeks. I mean, that's that's gigantic for the Seahawks. We were down on him before. That's got to knock him down more. Yeah. Ironically, Stafford also had a little uh, thumb problem in the game that he worked out. And it was right. hilarious seeing all the the, uh, the memes going around on social media about the thumbless game and re- relaying it to Urban Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Daniel Jones gets hurt, you know, concussed in that game against Dallas. Saquon Barkley has an ankle injury again. Um, some other ones that are bigger probably for long, long term is Juju Smith Schuster's up the year with the shoulder injury. He got surgery. You've got Clyde Edwards Hilaire who's out with an MCL sprain. He's on IR, so he's off, you know, for several weeks. And then these ones we'll see Trey Lance has sprained his knee. He didn't do this in the San Francisco Arizona game, but they're on by this week. And then Kyler Murray is more of a bigger one. He's got a shoulder injury. He, he did limited practice yesterday. Um, you've noted Max Williams is out to the tight end, but as we saw last year, that was more of a leg injury for Murray, but as Murray gets injured, that offense goes down. I mean, San Francisco played them tight for the most part. Uh, yeah. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, the Niners were right in that game. If it wasn't for the big stop on the fourth down on the goal line. I feel like that the Niners were going to cover that one. That would have tied the game in the first half and they still held Arizona to 17 points, which was impressive. It is. It is. Well, let's go over the rankings here, the power ratings. Uh, for me, you know, I'm just doing the legs index, the stuff that I've talked about last week. It's, it is kind of basically, you know, the teams that are playing better are on the top. You got Bills at one, Cardinals and Cowboys, then Browns, and then Bucks and Chargers. So this is no surprise here. You don't see the Chiefs anywhere near here um, because of that defense. But 
the next two teams, just just so you know, are the Broncos in uh, Carolina. They're they're a little bit of a couple of these teams, so I left them off. You're still doing DVOA priors though, so the Bills, of course, are up there. You want to go through that list? Yeah, actually, I I think I delete or failed to delete priors. Oh, okay. DVOA now is going through the first five games of only this season. So Bills are number one with Cowboys in second, then the Cardinals, very similar to your top three, mm-hmm. and then Bucks are four, Rams five, and Browns are six. So very similar to the Wegs index this week. Yeah, just Chargers and, and Rams seem to be the only teams that are different. Uh, probably, it's hard to say. I mean, the Rams defense isn't as good as kind of advertised, but, you know, it, it depends on what metrics they are. Okay, well, let's go into the Lions action. I mean, we've got some big games this week. Maybe not as marquee as last week, but... Tonight's matchup isn't too bad. Uh, you know, we'll glaze over it, but Tampa's going to Philly. Uh, Philly actually got the win against Carolina. Yeah, that, that was a, an interesting one. We stayed away from it in our contest, but it's still, <laughs> you know, whatever. Didn't didn't happen. Um, so Tampa opened as a six and a half point favorite on the road, 52 and a half point total. In the contest, it's still six and a half. Marcus has around seven with the same total. I mean, I don't know about you. Uh, it's a tough one to read. I guess Philly's pass defense is really good, supposedly. They're surprisingly good this year, uh, dropping a lot more in coverage, and Tampa's been tearing up the pass. But um, I don't know. What do you think? I don't. And the other thing, just for this handicap, I'm not betting this game action, but Brady's still like 0 for his last seven covering in prime time, isn't he? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, he can't play after bedtime. You know, like, that's his problem. <laughs> I heard this afternoon that he has a thumb injury as well on the throwing hand, which was news to me until I uh, listened to a podcast late this afternoon. But I think that the six and a half is tough, obviously, but I did take seven with the Eagles. Yeah. I think that Jalen Hurts and those wide receivers are going to have a a good night tonight against that weak secondary of the Bucks. Right. So I expect that this number will get very close to that total. As long as Philadelphia scores with them, they should be able to get with inside the touchdown. Gotcha. Not a bad call. So here we go. It's what I, I previewed a couple of weeks ago. I was all excited for this Miami going to, going to Jacksonville, <laughs> not Jacksonville. It's Jacksonville East in London. Uh, so Miami's going across the pond to play Jacksonville who plays there every year. Uh, but Miami Open is a two and a half point favorite, 43 and a half point total. The total is up to 47, but the contest has three and a half. I'm not saying we got to advocate for the Jags for contest, but it's hard to bet on Miami anywhere. And the Jags, as bad as they've been, this is like a home game for them. So, can you go any other side besides Jacksonville here? Yeah, I mean the <clears throat> the London Jaguars. You know they're going to change their name soon. Yeah. But. I am with you. I was when I saw the three and a half come up in the contest line. I thought that was rather curious because I expected that it's going to be trending closer to three by kickoff. Mm-hmm. I did see that Tua is expected to start for the Dolphins. Yes. And uh, I also read that Devonte Parker is likely going to be out there on the field for the Dolphins. But the Tua news uh, was very curious to me because I kind of expected, knowing that they have a bye next week after the trip, that they would just hold him out and wait for the bye and uh, expect him to be even more healthier when he returns. Right. And so to me, it kind of looks like an act of desperation a little bit for the Dolphins after their 1-4 and four start. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that 
show some weakness personally. And I think the Jaguars have been playing better, especially on offense the last couple of weeks. And I think that three and a half is a big number for them. Yeah, I I mean, we've seen it before. Jacksonville is going to win a season, right? They're going to win at least a game. And I, I like this game. I think this is the game they win. I, I You know, they'll probably play Houston at home. That's another one. But, I mean, Miami's definitely vulnerable. They do have to win if they have any semblance of playoff hopes. I don't think they do. But um, I may put a little money line on Jacksonville this week. But Yeah, I mean, we should think about it. The yards per – Miami is dead last in yeah. yards per play differential. They're averaging negative 1.6 <laughs> yards versus their opponent's yards on every single play. And that's just tough to overcome. Jags are also negative, but – only negative 0.6. So. Yeah, these are two. Again, we're we're, we're carting out uh, the NFL's finest in London. Uh, you know. So, all right, let's go to the next one. And there you go. There's your ambulance action. You're waiting for that. Um, Houston and is going to Indy as your squad. The Colts open as a 10-point favorite at home, 43-point total. It's really similar in the contest, 10 points. The total is 43 and a half in the market. Um, you know, the Colts have been playing better. They were talking about on Beeston a little bit that, you know, Reich has turned the team around before in bad situations. And Wentz did play markedly better last week, mm-hmm. even yeah. in Baltimore. So I don't like the 10. I don't think I can get on board with a 10-point favorite. But I do think the Colts might be playing better. They were kind of playing like crap for a couple of weeks. And Houston, yeah, they should have won. They should have beat the Patriots. But they didn't. They've got Dave Colley out there making bad decisions. So what do you think of this game? Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is really tough to look at the favorite here with such a large number in a division game, despite how bad the Texans have looked the last couple of weeks. Davis Mills actually played pretty well last week against mm-hmm. the Patriots, over 300 yards passing, and they got the short passing game going a little bit. And on the other side, I think we saw – just on Monday night, how the Colts secondary is vulnerable. Their injuries are starting to pile up a little bit. Xavier Rhodes and Andrew Sandejo are in the concussion protocol, and they've also been without Rakia Sin with an ankle injury. So I think that 10 is too many points in this game, and mm-hmm. I I personally like the Texans and would consider them adding, adding them to our card. Wow, look at this guy. Now, another couple things I would say is that 43 and a half is a very low total for a 10-point spread, right? I mean, that's just mm-hmm. – they're just looking the Colts to dominate here. Um, and, and it's something – Houston did get a win early in the season, but I think they kind of are trying to play hard. Maybe right. Uh, I might – let's put it at yellow. I don't know if I can get on okay. the board. I do think the Colts are like the, the trendy survivor pick this week. You know, they're not sure. the survivor pick. Um, but I've heard everybody talk about it. Well, when are you going to pick the Colts again? But um, – I'm not, by the way. I am not picking this game. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think the epic loss by the Colts on Monday night will do to their psyche? Do you expect that they're going to get up now, or was that more of a demoralizing defeat? Well, um, I mean, I don't know. It's different than college kids. I think that they are. I don't think it'll bother them as much. I, they certainly blew the game, but they also blew it to Lamar Jackson. You know, Davis was this week so. I think probably are excited to get Houston this week after that game to get that taste out of their mouth. So I don't think it's going to be that much of a for them to win. Okay. All right, here's my uh, beloved take on the Packers. Bears are posting Green Bay on Sunday. Four and a half point favorites for Green Bay on the road. 46 point total on the opener. It's four, four and a half in the contest and 44. 
this is going to be an interesting game actually. Um, Green Bay traditionally hasn't been stopped in the run. You know, that's what's on the MO on this team, and the Bears have been running the ball. But, you know, this is going to be a game that I think that uh, he's going to have to pass the ball, right? I mean, at some point, we're going to have to pass the ball to win. I'd be on the Packers here. I think it's a little light, even though in my metrics it's not light, which is kind of strange uh, because I think Green Bay's playing pretty good. But, I mean, divisional game at home, four and a half, you'd usually say that, but the Packers t- typically own Bears. Yeah, I could say that again. I'm sure, you know, four straight cover now for the Packers in this rivalry series. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it is in Chicago, which I think gives them a little bit more of a, a, a play on their side. And, you know, I really do like the fact that Laser has now started calling plays for the Bears. He's better. And like you mentioned, Green Bay's run defense is not good. 29th ranked in run def- defense DVOA. And the Bears are actually 12th in offensive running. Mm-hmm. I did see that, uh, is it Damian? Yeah, Damian Williams mm-hmm. got put on reserve COVID list today. So they're going to be out him and Montgomery. And it looks like Khalil Herbert is the next man up yep. for the backfield. He's good. So He's good. I like Is he? I love watching him. When I watch the game every play, he ran hard. He actually was probably running better than Williams, to be honest. Oh, okay. He's more of a one-cut runner. Um, and a little bit, I mean, he's young, you know, a little bit of wiggle, but he, he, I don't know by catching the ball, they didn't throw the ball to him, but he was running hard. I mean, the big question mark in, on the other side, though, is whether or not the Bears will actually stop Devontae Adams. No opponent has been able to do that this season, and he's been running wild. And uh, I did see, was looking for Hicks and Mack on the injury report, and of course, they're on it again. Mm-hmm. No practice yet this week. Uh, so that's another thing that we'll have to monitor. But I got to be honest, I probably lean to the Bears at this number. Interesting. Okay, let's well, stay away from it. Stay away. All right. Stay away then. <laughs> Fair. Um, yeah, I'd have been on the wrong side last week. I thought the Raiders would have would have taken them. Yeah. But, you know. So. I didn't factor in the the email controversy though. <laughs> right. Okay, interesting game. Kansas City's going to Washington. These could be the two worst defenses in the NFL. Uh, <laughs> Kansas City. Was favored as five and a half uh, on the road initially and at 54 points total. Now it's six and a half in the contest, 55 and a half on the total. Both these teams, I mean, it should be a laser light show, right? It's not like these teams can't score. You'd think Kansas City's going to win, and they did cover their first game last week in a million years. Um, but uh, I'm sorry, they lost last week. That was two weeks ago, my bad. Two weeks ago, yeah. Um, but, you know, Washington, this is a bad matchup for them, right? They can't stop the pass. And that's all the Chiefs do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going to get on board with the Chiefs? Are you going to go with the Washington football team again? I uh, I definitely like the Chiefs at this number. Yeah. I'll say that right out of the gate. I mean, you touched on it. Kansas City is last in defense, and Washington is 28 right now. Mm-hmm. 29th against the pass, though. And uh, Mahomes, I think, it, I mean, this to me looks almost identical to the game two weeks ago when they were going into Philadelphia and laying, I think the exact same number against the Eagles. And they gave up a lot of points to Jalen hurts. Sure. And obviously to Josh Allen last week, but I'm not so sure that Taylor Heineke and the Washington team are as capable as those two. Well, I guess the Eagles, I would probably put Washington over them, but, um, I think that Kansas City is probably worth a look here to uh, bounce back and win by the touchdown. Right. Do you think it'll be a popular pick in a contest? No. Yeah. 
unlikely off, you know, backed off the Chiefs, especially after the big loss to Buffalo. People are probably backing off of them. I always put it as a yellow. I mean, I'm, okay. I'm on board with it because we obviously, you know, whatever. We're not trying to go for broke. We're trying to get some picks, but I'm all for picking stuff that we can get right and nobody else picks them. Uh, let's go to this next one. I'm really curious your thoughts on this. So Minnesota is going to Carolina. Uh, Carolina opened as a one-point favorite at home and a 48-point total. That's flipped over to the Vikings side, and even saw at Rivers, it's down. It's at two right now for the Vikings, favored on the road, 46-point total. What's what's going on here? Uh, Carolina, I know that they haven't played that many great teams, and they obviously came off this loss here against the Eagles, but Minnesota hasn't been playing great. Uh, I don't really understand why they'd be favored on the road. Yeah, I mean, it certainly appears that there's been a – large mountain of cash <laughs> has been coming in on the Vikings right. and moving this game through the zero. Uh, looking at the bet splits now, it's only 54% of the tickets and 35% of the money. Uh, the numbers I'm looking at here, which is kind of curious to see why it went from Vikings plus three all the way to now Vikings minus one. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I know that Dalvin Cook is trending towards playing this week. Sure. I don't think that would have a huge effect on the number. I also read that Christian McCaffrey is practicing and looks like he's on the positive end of playing this week. Right. And, um, you know, the Panthers have certainly dropped off since their hot start. The last two games have dropped um, both of them against the spread and straight up after their 3-0 and start. But, I mean, the Vikings are 2-3 and in their own right with ATS losses to Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Detroit, of all teams, as we know too well from last week. So I agree with you. I I think that the move might be incorrect, but the potential for sharp money being on Minnesota scares me a little bit, much like it did last week in the Philadelphia game, and we saw how that ended. Yeah, yeah. So, But the sharps last week were on Carolina, or they were on Philadelphia? Philadelphia. Yeah. And for three quarters it looked like the awful side yeah. and they came back to one to win i know they know something they know that sam darnold they got some pictures on sam darnold or something yeah uh, darnold has thrown a couple of interceptions the last two weeks mm-hmm. too so it does appear that he is coming back to the mean a little bit okay well maybe it's a stay away spot i just it looked hinky i, I, don't, I didn't understand yeah. the line I, I don't i don't think that the bike i think they're close you know, it, it, even if it was a pick, I might feel better. I just am like at home. Maybe Carolina has no home court, home field advantage. So, but Minnesota's lost. You know, they 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 really kind of blew the game and barely won last week, and then they lost. You know, didn't score against the Browns. So I don't know. I think one one concern too, even though Carolina's still second ranked in DVOA, the pass defense, I'm not sure, is quite as good as their numbers suggest. Uh-huh. And uh, Cousins and uh, Jamar, uh, Jefferson may be able to do some work against them. Right. Okay. Let's go to the next game. Uh, we've got the Chargers going to Baltimore. Uh, the Chargers, um, Baltimore opens a three point favorite at home, 48 point total. Totals shot up to 51 and a half, and the Ravens are a two and a half point favorite in the contest. You know, initially I was all over the Chargers. I still have it as a recommendation because I think they're the better team. The downside is it is kind of this classic West Coast team playing at the one o'clock window on the East Coast. So maybe that's factored into the spread. Uh, is that what you're thinking? 
No, I don't think so. I mean, are you suggesting that you thought that it would have been closer to a, a pick? Yeah. And all okay. The, the the numbers suggest look, Baltimore may be having this storied season and you're on board with them. They may be having this kind of you know, but they they could be one in four. I mean that this team is four and one. They've pulled rabbits out of their hat multiple times now. Now they did lose on Monday night in the opening opener lose Brawl in the lead, but I mean crap. I mean they, they really are living on the edge here. The Chargers are playing great. So I don't really know. I mean, there could be a letdown spot. Obviously, they had this mega game, and 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 you're right. We talked about it actually at the top. You know, Chargers aren't good against the run, so maybe it's like, hey, yeah. Baltimore's going to pound them on the ground. But that's what Cleveland did, right? So I don't know. Yeah. Baltimore's it's true. Yeah. Better. I, I don't. I'm trying to figure this out. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, it's a short week for the Ravens. Mm-hmm. I think that is one issue, especially after such an emotional comeback where they had to score two eight-pointers back-to-back to tie the game just to go into overtime. Right. And they the week before that, they were in Denver in altitude. And then before that, they had the the close loss or close win over the Lions with the 66-yard field goal and the Chiefs game. So, I mean, they've had a tumultuous season already in terms of these close games that have surely have taken a lot out of them. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if that really is that impactful week over week. Um, I mean, the uh, the 80% of the bets are on the Chargers and only 40% of the money. And the line really hasn't moved at all. It's been pretty much stuck on this two and a half all week. Mm-hmm. I did read that the Chargers have a couple of injuries on the O-line. Balaga, the right tackle, is out. And now they they lost their right guard last Sunday against the Browns. So I don't know how that impact will impact them. Surely it'll give an edge to the rookie Owe on the defensive line to try to get some pressure on Herbert, perhaps. But the Ravens blitz a lot too, which I'm not sure that the Chargers have seen too much yet this season. Right. So I have a hard time back wanting to back the Chargers in this spot. I touched on their fourth down conversions too, and I think that is certainly not going to continue and eventually they're going to start missing out on some of those fourth downs and it's going to cost the chargers okay but would you lean the ravens or you just staying away no i i do i i do lean the ravens actually um i think that they're likely i think the chargers defense is likely going to stick to their normal game plan and allow the ravens to run the ball which could spell for disaster with lamar and the running backs in even if they do switch it up and try to get them to pass more, we've seen what Lamar has done the last couple of weeks. So I think this is a good spot for the Ravens. I do. Okay. Different sides here. I think we'll stay away. Uh, unfortunately, okay. you'll probably be right in the end. Sorry, action in advance. Uh, let's go. <laughs> let's go to Cincinnati going to Detroit. Cincinnati opens a three and a half point favorite on the road. Forty nine point total. Totals down to forty seven and a half. Same same uh, line. Three and a half for the Bengals. I don't love the hook, of course, and Detroit's been kind of nasty at, at covering these little threads. But I like the Bengals team. I was, I, we were talking about last week. You know, they they probably should have won the game. They, you know, there was a lot of different things. They were right there, you know, toe to toe. And I think they're a quality team. Now maybe they have a letdown after that big game last week. But I like the Bengals in this spot, even though it's a road, you know, three and a half. Yeah, I like the Bengals too. I think this is another team. In Detroit, that has really bad YPP numbers. They're a negative 1.4 on every single play. 
And I think the handicap is really goes to that Detroit Lions secondary versus Burrow and the receivers. And I think that Cincinnati is going to have a lot of success through the air against Detroit. They have been feisty at home, you're right, but now we're looking at only having to win by four and not nine or ten, which have been the recent spreads against Detroit. That's right. All right, let's green it up. I think we're on the green okay. side there. Yay. You know that Burrow got a, a throat slash, right? He can't. He's been resting his voice all week. So. <laughs> Was that right? He got. Yeah. Yeah. He's on. Uh, he's on voice rest. Oh, okay. Voice rest. Good. All right. So let's. The next game is the Rams going to the Giants. Another, you know, West Coast going to the East Coast on this one. Rams open as a six and a half point favorite and a fifty point total without. You know, great Daniel Jones. Apparently, it's nine and a half now for the Rams and 49 point total. I don't love the spot, but this is my survivor pick this week. Action um, nice. like the Rams a lot. Ten points seems like a lot on the road, but um, I'm not sure. I, you know, this is Glennon, right? Glennon's a quarterback now. That's right. Yeah, I do. He's a direct back there with that long ass neck. Um, I don't think I can get on the Rams, but I definitely you know like Ryan. Yeah, the one-way lean to me on the Rams. I I heard that there was a rumor going around today that Daniel Jones might return for this, but mm. I think that's far-fetched personally. And without Daniel Jones out there, I think that the Giants are going to be in trouble. I, mean, I don't know about Saquon Barkley's status or the two wide receivers that have been missing recently too. So mm. there's a lot of things that are stacking up against them. I did also see that Aaron Donald showed up on the injury report today. So that's something worth checking out. But if it's Donald against that line with Glennon in the backfield, I think that the Giants are in for a long day. Yeah, me too. Me too. Okay, this one's the 4 o'clock hour. This is a little you know, more interesting matchups. Uh, you got Arizona going to Cleveland. You know, Arizona is obviously on both of our ratings You know, where they're playing really well. We know about Kyler Murray's injury. Cleveland Open is a three-point favorite at home, 53.53.5 point total. The total is down to 49.5, probably with the Murray news, but the, you know, the spread is the same with three points. Uh, I'm on Cleveland here, and I'm like captain favorite this week, mainly because I think, you know, the Browns are going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball, and I know Arizona could hurt them through the air like, you know, the Chargers did, but I don't know if you're if you're kind of looking at a. Murray was maybe not not going to be running around as much because of that shoulder. I do think the defensive line will play better. Uh, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, Murray is certainly key for them, but they also I I forgot to write it up top. Their starting center is out now too, Hudson, along with Max Williams. And I did hear late today that there's reports of COVID that's going through the Arizona locker room. And DeAndre Hopkins was suspiciously missing from practice today. So he's on the he has an illness. Right. It's not and we well, you know he's not vaccinated, so I have a feeling that uh that news is gonna break here soon and this number being three could be a pretty popular pick. I mean the other the other factor in this game that I hear on every single news gambling news outlet that I read is that the weather is going to be super impactful. Mm. There's windy wind in the forecast up to 15 to 20 mile per hour winds, which will have a significant benefit to the Browns because they played in two of these games last season, and they obviously are the running team and the Cardinals are the passing team. Right. So. Uh, that's going to be impactful. And then, I mean, you mentioned it, the 
Cardinals are not good at stopping the run, and the Browns are one of the best running teams in the league. So I think that everything lines up for the Browns here, but I fear it's going to be a super popular pick. It probably will be, but I'll, I'll, it's okay. We need to get a couple picks right. <laughs> All right. Fair assessment. Um, but, yeah, let's go Cleveland. I think we can go green on that one maybe unless you yeah. change your mind there. No, I'm in. I think uh, – last thing, I think this number is going to crash through three. In fact, it's already started and could be closer to four by kickoff on Sunday. Yeah, that's what I figured. I figured. Okay, so this one's interesting. Uh, the aforementioned the Raiders are going to Denver – uh, Denver opens a two and a half point favorite at home, 44 point total. That's gone up to three and a half, same total, which is a tough number. You know, getting that three and a half is obviously a critical number. What's your take on the situation? I mean, you've got, there's a lot, there's two ways a team can react, right? They can crater, which is possible, or they can rise up and say, God, we got rid of this guy who not just last week was an issue, but I, you know, everybody's now just bagging on the dude, uh, on Gruden that maybe they actually can play loose and free. I mean, they were playing loose and free for three, four weeks, but what's your take on this situation? Yeah. I mean, typically you see in the coach fired or resigned, whatever it is situation that a team in the very next game will rise up and play well, Mm -hmm. um, take a little bit of momentum into the next game. Um, I'm not really sure that I fall into that camp most of the time. Although I, suspect that just based on their performance last week that the Raiders are likely going to gel this week in the locker room and kind of get together right. and I do think that they're certainly certainly they have nowhere to go but up after last week right so in terms of their energy and effort and uh, I do think that they'll get a little boost from it I saw a lot of people coming out and laying the three points as it was earlier in the week as soon as the news broke and now it's three and a half. Mm-hmm. So I think it makes a little bit tougher. I would probably lean to the Raiders in this game at the current number. It could be a little contrarian as well. It could be. I don't know if I can get on board with you. I know I'm getting a little skittish here with our bad performance last week. I don't disagree with your points. I think it's probably, I mean, at two and a half, this was a given, you know, and, and obviously that's mm-hmm. been up. Three and a half, road division dog, all those kind of things does play in their favor the numbers really scream that you have to take the Raiders I just don't know what to expect with these guys so it's hard for me to get on board in the contest for that uh, yeah. probably pick it in my you know pick them you know in my my mini pool that we do I also don't know anything about the interim coach Rich Bisakia I don't even know how to pronounce his name it looks like he's been an assistant in the league for a long time mm-hmm. any thoughts on the interim head coach People, people rave about the guy. I think he's supposed to be pretty good. Um, I think he's supposed to be on the defensive side of the ball, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, they play with energy on that side more. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm not sure. And obviously we're not even talking about Denver in this whole match. But that's the funny thing. Like, Denver <laughs> let us down. Not us down, but, like, you know, we, we thought Denver, at least Teddy Two Gloves, right? He could do better on the road. Mm-hmm. I did. And he didn't cover. Ted, Teddy didn't cover a number. There you go. But, yeah. um, but you know, he's coming home favorite. We'll see. It, it'll be an interesting game. I'd rather sit on the sideline for this to see what sure. up, you know, my yep. take. I'm on board with that. The last 4 o'clock spot, which, you know, this week is only three 4 o'clock spots because we have buys this week. Um, you've got, I'm sorry, Dallas going to New England. Um, Dallas opened as a one-point favorite on the road, 48-point total. The total's risen up to 51 now, and they're three-and-a-half-point favorites. 
is this when Dallas, Dallas is, you know, ATS street falters. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I really was hoping that the number would be higher than three and a half, mm -hmm. but the circa contest operators threw us a little curveball here, which I think is a sign like we have seen in many weeks of where they expect the right side to be in this game. And uh, I mean, on paper, sure, it all looks like it's stacking up against the Patriots. You've got the hot offense with the dynamic running game coming into town and the league leader and interceptions and digs on the other side. But I, I think, I mean, the total actually makes me a little bit curious because I would imagine that Belichick and um, McDaniels and company are going to try and slow this game down and sure. make it more of a slog fest. Cause sure. I certainly don't want Mac Jones going back and throwing it 50 times to try and stay in this game and score with the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious by the total move up to be honest, but outside of that, I mean, you've got coach Belichick over Mike McCarthy, which I think is a serious mismatch. Sure. And, and anytime you say McCarthy, you could probably utter those words, Right. but, um, the defense certainly did not play well last week against the Texans, but I think it's still a good defense. I mean, they've put up some good performances against opponents this year, especially the Bucks on Sunday night. Uh, granted, it was a rainstorm, but I just I think they're going to stay in this game, and I think it's going to be close. Interesting. I'm totally against you here, buddy. I I don't. It's not because of McCarthy. I know McCarthy sucks, but you know, going back to my kind of gut. Thing, who's going to win the game? I, I Dallas going to win this game. Are they, right. they going to lose? I, it's possible. Hey. Uh, it's certainly possible. But with that low spread, you know, you got to. I don't see a path for New England winning unless there's turnovers. I just kind of see that. Yeah, maybe they'll play close to the vest. And, and it's your point. Then we should definitely be betting the under here. Um, yeah. But uh, and maybe that's a correlated situation. You take. New England plus the points, and you do the under, and, and there you go. But um, maybe I'm – you think the opponents for Dallas has been – that's why you think they're playing so well? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I mean, outside of the Chargers and, and the Bucks, when we both mm -hmm. obviously good opponents, their their other wins have come against Carolina and uh, the Giants. Philly. And Philly, right. And – Damian Harris is going to be back. I think New England is going to run on them a little bit. At least mm -hmm. I expect that would be the game plan. And uh, I I don't know. I just think the time for Dallas's ATS run to come to an end is near. You think that Belichick's got to get up for this? He didn't get up for Dave Cully apparently last week. He, his team sucked last week. But this week. It was yeah. definitely a letdown spot after the Sunday nighter against the yeah. Bucks too. I mean, that, I mean. You could argue that they probably should have won that game if they would have made the field goal at the end. Yeah, they should have won the game. They played well enough to win. Okay, maybe you can talk me into it. I, I, you know, it's hard for me. I, I just don't. You know, Dallas. You know, the Dallas survives on turnovers, right? So if Jones doesn't turn the ball over, he's good. But he has turned the ball over sometimes, right? And sure. I don't think Dallas is as good a defense as the Saints when they play good. Caveat. But um, they've been playing pretty well. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. I'd like to stay away for the moment. Maybe you could talk me into it on, on Saturday. Right. 
That's fair. I think we've got some other picks. We don't necessarily have to walk ourselves into it. I mean, right. Dallas on prime time again. It's going to be on TV. So. Well, yeah, yeah, it'll be the the signature game on on that afternoon. I, I mean, I I think the Cowboys, regardless of this week's outcome, I think they're going to continue to be overvalued in the market because they're yeah. always in that 4 p.m. time slot, and yeah. the nation watches them dominate, and they think, wow, the Cowboys are great, and then the numbers go up. Yep, you're right. Not wrong there. Not wrong. Well, let's take the two primetime games. You've got Seattle and Pittsburgh. This was going to be a lot better game with Russell in the game uh, for Sunday night. Uh, Seattle opened as a two-and-a-half-point favorite, 48-point total, and then obviously that's on the road. That's flipped all the way to five. Woo, five for the Steelers, favorite at home, and the t- totals crashed to four, two-and-a-half. I know what Action's going to say. Way too big of a line move for, for a player. <laughs> but um, we are talking about Russell Wilson here. Uh, Geno Smith, you know, the ghost of Geno Smith is out there against the Steelers defense, which, I mean, they did perform better last week. You know, it's Teddy Two Gloves. Um, I don't love five points. I'll tell you that right now. But I don't see Pittsburgh losing this game either. So I don't think it should have moved seven, seven and a half points. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, was, it was eight and a half for a minute. I saw sixes that came up in the market. Really? Now my screen is not loading. Let me try this one. I mean, obviously five in the contest, though, so another number where you've seen the operators shade a little bit to where they think they expect it to land. I'm, right. Personally, I'm going to wait until Sunday Night Football, and I see more and more money coming in on the Steelers. I'm definitely right. going to be betting on the Seahawks. But mm-hmm. I could understand your hesitation. It is Geno Smith. He played well, though, when he came in at the end of the game last week. One big drive to keep them in it. He had 131 passing yards, 10 out of 17 completions. And uh, the defense was okay. I mean, that has always been their Achilles heel. But I don't think that the Steelers all of a sudden have found this great offense. I mean, Juju's out, and really their only remaining receivers are Johnson and Claypool. And uh, Big Ben is not miraculously going to become this awesome quarterback now. And the Steelers have historically really sucked playing big numbers, especially recently. And uh, I just I'm not sure that this team is equipped to win a game by six points, even with Geno Smith playing quarterback. Right. They did last week. True. Was (laughs) what was the final? Did they cover six? I thought. Well, I guess the Broncos were driving. And uh, then they got stopped at the end. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, you're right. It was 27-19. Yeah, I mean, it was – I was hoping for the back door on that one too. But yeah, it didn't happen. likewise. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, will the Steelers turn around? You know, I mean, I dog Tomlin. I think he's a garbage, especially in-game coach, but he does motivate. This is Sunday Night Football. This is – you're right. This is the classic spot where the Steelers just throw out a dud. <laughs> Here, all on the Steelers, and they just crap themselves. Yeah. Um, like, at their defensive numbers, 19th and DVOA overall, six against the run, but only 24th against the pass. So, this is I the mean, Steelers. the Steelers' defense. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if Geno can play reasonably well and Metcalf plays, I did see that he was a DMP in practice yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, something to watch. But I think the Seahawks' offensive uh, receivers are going to be able to score on them a little bit. Okay. All right. I'm telling you, I am captain uh, conservative over here this week. That's all right. Uh, it's Sunday Night Football, too. We've been pretty good at staying away from them. So. 
right? Even though we should have gone with the Bills last week, whatever. Yeah. All right. True. The last last game, Monday Night Football, the Bills, America's America's team now. Um, the Bills Mafia go to Tennessee, and they're going to hit Nashville hard. Uh, Tennessee is, you know, they actually open as a three and a half point dog at home. Fifty-three and a half point total. Now it was six point dog at home. Fifty-four and a half point total. This is tough. I, you know, Buffalo obviously. Sorry to use the term, you know, shot their wide out last week. They just played an incredible game. You know, I just see as a letdown spot here. And I, I know that Tennessee's defense, especially pass defense, sucks. Yeah. But, you know, I just kind of see, like, Tennessee getting up for this game. And six points seems like a lot uh, in this one. All the numbers point to Buffalo, but I'd be on the t- t- Titans. This would be this would be a, a dog situation for me, actually. But mm-hmm. not sure what your take is. No, you're right. I mean, the Tennessee is really the only side to look at in this game. I just think it's tough because it you're, it screams letdown spot coming off the huge win against Kansas City, their nemesis that they've been trying to beat the last couple of seasons. Um, I, was it Tennessee who beat down the Bills last year on like a Tuesday night, a random Tuesday or Wednesday game, yeah. I think? <laughs> so right. I mean, they have revenge too on their minds. Sure, sure. Um, I would honestly feel better about passing on this game, but I mean, we can talk about Tennessee a little more. The Buffalo defense is number one DVOA against the pass and the run, which is surprising looking at these numbers. And certainly you would expect that the Titans are going to try and pound Derrick Henry against them. Oh yeah. But I fear that Josh Allen is capable of putting up 40 points against the Titans defense too. Right. Right. Well, I mean, uh, we can pass. I'll tell you, we, we're, we're not on the same page here this, this week. It's fine. Okay. It's great. Let's talk. Uh, it's only Thursday. Well, I know. I know. But I, you know, it's one of these weeks I'm like squeamish. I'm like, ugh. Uh, this will be the week we go four and we go five and out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's review some of the candidates. It looks like we're not going to take that one, so I'll take that one off the board. Uh, Cincinnati at Detroit, we're on one board on that one together. Um, we are on board with Cleveland at home, two and a half together. Uh, we've got Houston plus 10, possibly against the Colts. Uh, we, we talked about the Chiefs minus six and a half. Um, we've got a couple other games that we've cons- we're considering in Jacksonville. I know it's crazy. We're getting three and a half in their other home in London. And then we um, mentioned the Chiefs, right? And then we've got the Rams at 10, nine and a half. It's a big number. And then Seattle, I guess we'll consider uh, at five points and getting five points on the road with the great Geno Smith. At the yeah. Yeah. I think the, the only one is Cleveland is three in the contest, not quite as good of a number, but still, I think, I think that's still a slam dunk in terms of a pick for us. Right. 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 I agree. I agree. All right. Let's review the contest. You know, obviously last week we sucked America. I'm sorry. We're letting you down. Uh, America's sweetheart, you know, entries, now we're 12, 12 and one, right at 500. Uh, we had we went 0, 4 and one last week. It was a pretty bad outing there. Just a lot of bad beats. We're down to 2330, 20, 230, wait, 2330th, I guess. I know you say 2330th. Uh, so we need to bounce back. The top guy is kicking ass. I mean, 22 and three. That's really impressive. Yeah. And to crack the top 50, we'd have to be at 19 and six. Uh, so, you know, we're basically whatever, six and a half back now. Um, but we can, you know, we can make up ground. The quarter's probably blown. <laughs> Who knows? Um, 
at some point, these guys at the top will start faltering. I heard the guy who's on top is actually both first and third. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. Massive. The guy's getting it done. So, um, yeah, yeah actually, let's do it, man. Five weeks in the quarter, so we got an extra couple of games there to pick from. You know, last week was so tough because I still believe that we <laughs> one flip of the coin in every one of those games, well, save for the Jets, we could have yeah. covered you know, so it, it's just a tough way to go 0 4 and 1. Even the Bengals and the uh, and the push game could have covered. So we'll get we'll bounce back and uh, we're gonna win some of those coin flips going down the stretch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, come on, let's, let's face it. I mean, like I said, Cleveland was was right there. There was some stretches where like, oh, we got this, and it just faltered us. But um, that's all right. You know, that's why we do this. All right. Well. Have a great weekend, action. We'll, we'll, we'll let's we'll talk on Saturday to try to narrow this down and, and get more clarity for our lo- loyal listeners. You know, I know you're waiting with bated breath about this podcast, and I'm talking about Luke again. He's bugging me today. He's, Where's the podcast? I'm like, we taped it. <laughs> Jesus. Put it in your calendar, bro. <laughs> exactly. Come on, man. It's only 7:05 uh, Central right now. It's Thursday. Give me a break. <laughs> Anyway, well, thank you for following us. Thank you for listening. Follow us at Side Action Pod on Twitter. Follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And follow me on Twitter at 31S Roberts. All right, everybody. Well, good luck, and we'll, we'll bounce back for you, America. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER intro and outro and transition music credits song titles jerry 5 and district 4 by kevin mcleod at incompetech.org licensed under creative commons attribution 3.0 creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0